as popular as the flowering dogwoods in Charlottesville. Without the sneezing. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you all these years. It's like a new morning every morning. It's funny. The sun gets up in the same place and there I am on the radio again. I woke up this morning. To look up above And thank somebody for this place Because it must have been thinking about me When it planted that very first dog tree It's where I want to be Living in the sweet Virginia breeze Wednesday marks the beginning of the 2024 Take legislative session in Virginia's General Assembly. And that is uh, how we begin this morning. The uh, General Assembly uh, gathered and the governor gave the uh, situation. My situation is in speech, his uh, annual address uh, to uh, let the uh, Commonwealth know that the state of Virginia, the state of the Commonwealth is strong. Record amounts. Uh, it's, uh, tell, tell Robin he's done. We're, we're finished with him now. Uh, he can he can. He can relax for a little while in the great beyond. Um, so the governor gives his address. And I'm going to push aside the governor's address because he's you know cheerleader in chief. And, and we get that. And, and he managed to weave the spirit of Virginia expression uh, into his speech. It's, uh, it, it is quickly becoming, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, just like Virginia is for lovers, right? A slogan that you, know, you can hang your hat on. The Virginia Way has certainly left the building. And, and I want to pick up on Kathy Tran's appearance yesterday. Yes, that Kathy Tran. The same, the same Kathy Tran who not all that long ago was facing Todd Gilbert and Rob Bell famously distributed nationwide, nationwide ignominity for the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia as uh, Kathy Tran had to testify to Todd Gilbert that uh, her abortion bill would uh, allow uh, to, uh, people to get abortions all the way up till uh, and including cresting of the, uh, to, uh, of the birth. And this went went worldwide, and they the 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 amazement not all that long ago that such a thing would even be considerable. Remember, remember the good old days when when Kathy Tran was a national punchline. Everyone, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, they were all playing clips of Todd Gilbert and Rob Bell interrogating Kathy Tran on a bill that would allow young ladies to abort their child all the way up till the point the baby was about to be born. It was cresting, fully dilated, here we go, showtime. I changed my mind. She was a national punchline. Now we have a constitutional amendment on the table from both the House and the Senate that will elevate the very thing Kathy Trend was a national punchline about to a constitutionally protected right. So now she's back. Now she's back pitching gun grabs and trying to tell everyone after the governor's address in their rebuttal, because we all have to have a rebuttal now. 
that oh no 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 we're not trying to take away your guns we we don't we don't want to take away your guns no 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 that's uh, you misunderstand you're listening to those wild conservative talk show hosts that say we're coming to take your guns we're not working to take anybody's guns away many of us up here are gun owners and just like virginians across the commonwealth we want to make sure that everyone who owns a gun is using and storing it and their ammunition responsibly. Stick a pin in that. And that we're keeping dangerous weapons out of the hands who intend to, of the hands of those who intend to do harm. Educate. So uh, uh, the, the the question never gets asked of people like Kathy Tran. So how do you identify those people? You want to keep guns uh, out of the hands of people who want to do harm. Right, uh, Kathy, I do recall you you said that very thing. We want to make sure that everyone who owns a gun is using and storing it and their ammunition responsibly. I said stick a pin in that. And that we're keeping dangerous weapons out of the hands who intend to of the hands of those who intend to do harm. So can you tell me is there a is there a look? Is there a skin color? Is there a hairstyle? Is there a gait? How do you identify these people? These people, Kathy. Oh, okay, so let's go to what I stuck a pin in. We want to make sure that everyone who owns a gun is using and storing it and their ammunition responsibly. Guilty until proven innocent. This isn't just a Second Amendment violation. It's a Fourth Amendment violation. What the Virginia General Assembly is going to try to do, and Kathy Tran can become a national punchline or not, I I hesitate to say she'll be back on the national docket as a punchline because the last time she was a punchline, in a few short years, that which she was proposing could become a constitutionally protected right. So let's not make her a punchline again for this one. Because she's just the mouthpiece. You, you heard her stumble over reading Cree Deeds' words, or whoever it is. That certainly sounds like stuff Cree Deeds says. Guilty until proven innocent. It is an abomination of one of the core principles that this country is built on. But people like Kathy Tran and Scott Serval, we'll get into him. He was the other one doing the rebuttal. At least he is... I guess she's the caucus chair. She's not the Speaker of the House. I thought it was interesting. We have a historic moment. We have a black Speaker of the House. And he wasn't the one giving the rebuttal? Seems like an odd choice. But, you know, Kathy Tran, to remind us that she's still there, has just laid out the the Democratic Party's plan to completely ignore the second, certainly, but also, more importantly, the Fourth Amendment, because the only way they can enforce their plans to make sure you're storing and keeping your firearms safely is if they have the right to just enter your home to do random checks on your firearms. But this is what happens when we stay home because 
Glenn Youngkin's running for president or he doesn't say enough about Donald Trump or Bob Good was part of the motion to vacate club or all the other reasons that I'm told I voted. I voted in primaries. I voted in general elections. I was a poll watcher. I mean, everything short of actually running for one of these seats. We tried to give you know all the support we could to the people like uh, Philip Hamilton, who certainly would be not part of that caucus. Steve Harvey. What would Steve Harvey be doing right now? And these are two actually one of the successful defeats. They did better than anyone ever gave them credit for. There were seats, though, that should have and could have been won, but weren't because President Biden poured bags and bags and bags of PAC money from George and and Warren and all of the supporters. The Zucker bucks came flowing in. Voter, get out the vote because it's important so that we can take Kathy Tran's punchline moment and make it a constitutional amendment where we can start coming into your house to check for the things that we don't like because they're pretty sure, and I think it's a safe bet that they're not wrong when they feel like, well, but all the things we like, nobody will ever bust our door in just to say we're here to do our regular randomized check of your home to see if you're storing your marijuana or your psilocybin carefully. Nobody goes into these homes where we actually have examples of of THC gummies being left around so first and second graders can eat a bag full of them because they're gummies. But nobody says we're just trying to make sure that your THC gummies are stored and uh, how did... How did uh, Kathy Tran say that? Could you imagine Kathy Tran saying this about THC gummies? We want to make sure that everyone who owns a gun is using and storing it and their ammunition responsibly. Can you imagine that same situation? We just want to make sure everyone who has psilocybin in their home is storing it responsibly. But, of course, they'll say that after some third grader ODs on magic mushrooms or gets grievously ill and gets like a dozen other kids grievously ill in school because they bring in a bag of what they think are just gummy bears. But we have to take away your constitutional right to privacy and to be innocent until proven guilty. And please, there there used to be Democrats that knew that was nutty from the get-go. There, there used to be Democrats that facepalmed over Kathy Tran's testimony to Todd Gilbert and Rob Bell. It had nothing to do with political party. Kathy Tran went from a punchline even amongst Democrats in Virginia to leadership of the Democrats. And so while you say, oh, Joe, you just want Republicans to win, what does Haywood call me, a GOP lapdog? I'm not a GOP lapdog because I love the Republicans, but good God almighty, people, this is now the leadership of the Senate and House Democratic Caucus. I'd love to believe that there are people like Chap Peterson. We just have to have Chap Peterson on the program. 
Joe Morrissey, as nutty as he is, you know, there were things he was right about. Ardently pro-life. A little nutty about guns. Remember, he was the one that was waving an AR around in the freaking house chamber. We used to be able to have a conversation with Cree Deeds. He owned guns and he understood. You can't even have a conversation with Cree Deeds anymore about mental health care reform. It's just throw more money at it. Throw more money, bury some people's constitutionally protected rights, and, and walk away. What did I say yesterday? Elections are the hypodermic needle of the government addicts, and these people are the pushers of the, of the opiate we've all become addicted to. Instead of, instead of fighting violence in our communities ourselves, we're just waiting for some politician to say we've done it. Instead of fighting poverty in our communities ourselves or, or hiring people in our communities, we're waiting for the government to do it for us. I voted for so-and-so to fight poverty. Did you hire anybody? I can't hire anybody. I mean, have you seen what the payroll taxes are? And you and then you got insurance. I mean, I got to if I want to pay if I want to pay somebody fifty grand, I have to set aside another fifty grand just to hire them. So I voted for a Democrat who'll who'll you know put money aside for aid programs. How about voting for the people who would stop that? And how about the people who would stop that? At least growing a set so that they can push back when somebody calls them a book banner. Because the last time I listened to the past three days' worth of Democrat talking points coming out of Richmond, they seem to be the ones who want to ban everything. The station that lives by the motto, rock or vacate the chair. Mr. Speaker! So to speak. I want to thank... Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Joe Thomas in the morning, 434-964-1075. It does sound like that, but none of this works. None of it works. That's all I'm saying. If somebody said, bash your hand with a hammer because it will, I don't know, insert whatever they say it'll do. It'll make you forget about the pain in your foot. And say, well, okay, now, now my hand hurts. We want to keep the guns out of the hands of dangerous people, and this is the this is the dangerous rhetoric that the Marxists, the, the authoritarians, always use to disarm their population. They will take an incident where somebody does something bad, and, and actually, do we have the clip of Yunkin actually talking about? criminal justice and you know and and punishing people who do things i thought remarkably adept conservative principle in a place i didn't expect it which was going to be the rah-rah sis boom boss speech about the situation our situation is in the state of the commonwealth address you'll get it bring it up after the news because I want to get into Suravel and why you and I can't get a tax break.
because we're not giving enough money to Albemarle County schools or Charlottesville City schools because, you know, a few extra thousand dollars per student would keep them from brawling in the halls, right? The Charlottesville High School Fight Club would, wouldn't be existing if we spent, you know, a couple of thousand dollars per student more. That's their premise. That's why you can't have a tax cut. And you're not going to because they have a majority. So when the, bud, when the governor sends a budget with a tax cut down, it's going to get killed. Period. And then they'll say, we'll get a conference committee. And the Republicans on the conference committee said, well, we, elections have consequences, which isn't wrong. But how about we act like that before the elections? CBS 19 weather every 10 minutes on Joe Thomas in the morning and Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you as uh, the General Assembly has convened. And at least we know where our representatives are. You know, it's, it's one of those like, you know, I, real ID. Where do you know where your legislator is right now? So you can't have a tax cut because we need to build an arena for Ted Leonsis. We don't need no can't have a tax cut because we haven't spent enough educating our kids yet. No that no, wasn't sarcasm. That was actually what they said yesterday. What are you talking about? Sarcasm. So uh, Scott Serville, the new leader of the Senate majority in the General Assembly, um, and you know, gotta gotta understand, brother's trying to pick up the scepter from Louise Lucas, so that's going to be a heavy lift for him uh, anyway. But he is trying to make the case that you can't have a tax cut. Because we haven't spent enough on education. Of course, the governor begs to differ. We funded record amounts in education. We reestablished expectations of excellence. We haven't achieved any of that excellence yet. We're still falling, you know, we're still woeful. Despite school divisions like Albemarle spending $16,000 per student per year on their education. And you know the teachers don't see you know any part of that. I mean, if you did a percentage, if you said eighteen kids in a classroom times sixteen thousand dollars, what is the what is the payroll the teacher gets out of that? So you know, hang on a second here. Let's, that's that's actually a nice thought exercise. So if we're spending sixteen thousand dollars per student per year, and there's eighteen students in a classroom. It's $288,000 per classroom. And what you know, teacher makes, what, 40, 48 to start? Let's make it an even 50. So 50K divided by 288,000 is 17%. You know, a Burger King restaurant runs on a higher payroll than that. Wawa wants to run on a higher payroll percentage than that. It's 
of what we spend on student education gets paid to the teacher who's actually the one who's supposed to be doing it. So Scott Serville says, no tax cut for you. Critical reason that underscores why any of these discussions about tax cuts uh, are completely unrealistic, because we are not funding government at the level and our core education services at the level that Urgh. Virginians expect us to. Urgh. Uh, I didn't mean uh, give the. Uh, I love it when you squeeze a little truthiness. Now he'll get better as the time goes on, but you can see his, his jacket isn't fitting. And I don't want to pick on little nits like his jacket is ill-fitting and is is his he's sitting there scared like a deer in the headlights. Well, wouldn't you if somebody a firebrand like Louise Lucas is out there? She's you know firing it up and she's just a oh that youngkin I'm gonna get that youngkin and I'm gonna beat him with my stick and so you know you you got to take over from that I can understand you being a little deer in the headlights but I love I love when the fear squeezes a little bit of the truth out play it again Sam critical reason that underscores why. Any of these discussions about tax cuts uh, are completely unrealistic because we are not funding government at the level. Or, uh, 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 I mean, uh, not. Uh, I didn't mean to say uh, we're not uh, funding the government. Uh, poor education services at the level that Virginians expect us to. Do you expect them to spend more on your kids? More on being the appropriate term. You can run it together. Say it fast. Because I think it depicts their strategy but he was he squeezed a little truth out there you can't have tax cuts because they are a better steward of your money than you are but they're using the excuse of we are not putting enough money into education that's why the kids are failing is it a flaw or a feature we've asked that question so many times they don't care if the kids do well because if the kids do well they can say look at what we've done we need to put more money to it we reward the schools when they do well with more money and when the schools don't do well we reward them with more money meanwhile the students don't get any education out of it when you bring up the idea of money follows the child's school choice you still get a freak out from republicans too many of them because, and, and it's a great tell, by the way, if you want to find out if your particular flavor of Republican is a government is the answer type of Republican, ask them about money follows the child's school choice. If their answer isn't anything but, yeah, it's a great idea, I wish we could get it passed, they are a government is answer politician, regardless of which political party they're in. The reason we didn't get money follows the child's school choice already, despite having a governor, a lieutenant governor, attorney general, you know, the leadership of the General Assembly, uh, like Todd Gilbert, all on board with it, is because, uh, what was the girl? She lost her primary election, by the way. She was uh, super opposed to money follows the child's school choice. And in the House, the one with the cowboy hat. Called, called me a Democrat plant 
because I was pushing for money follows the child's school choice. She wouldn't call out the lieutenant governor specifically because she knew that was career suicide. But she said that that only only reinvesting in the plan that Glenn, that uh, Bob McDonald put forward, which is give a tax break to a business that contributes to a scholarship fund that the government still controls who gets. So any any Republican that doesn't answer the question, what do you think of school choice? Money follows the child's school choice with, I think it's a great idea. Anyone who, who starts to hand ring on, well, we already did that. We have the Virginia Scholarship Fund and it's... A, they're lying to you. They believe the government is the answer. They just want Republicans in charge of the government as the answer, not Democrats. And they're all wrong, and they will continue to be wrong, and we will continue to call them out for it here. But bless Scott Surville for just you know letting a little bit of the uh, truth squeak out there in his statement. Critical reason underscores why any of these discussions about tax cuts... Uh, are completely unrealistic because we are not funding government at the level. Being tuned in means Joe Thomas now. Lars Larson at six. Seville one zero seven five and twelve sixty WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you this Virginia morning. I woke up this morning. Not woke. And hope the tree isn't falling on my face. So we had the uh, situation. Our situation is in uh, speech yesterday. Governor Yunkin uh, telling us all uh, in uh, the Commonwealth. Do we have the uh, the, the clip of the uh, governor's proclamation? The state of our Commonwealth is strong. Yeah, that's a, you know, it says it all. He did manage, i uh, got to give him credit, uh, weave the slogan in there, Spirit of uh, Virginia. Living in the sweet Virginia. All right, all right, Robin, that's more radio time than you've had. In the, you know, I know, rest in peace. I, I understand, I'm not hating the play or the game, just saying it's enough of him. Uh, I want to I jump on to, uh, because several of you have picked up on the uh, clip, where uh, Scott Surville, or as I've nicknamed him for this session, Uncle Fester, uh, Uncle Fester took the podium to give a rebuttal to the governor's State of the Commonwealth address and uh, told us why we're not getting tax cuts. Critical reason that underscores why any of these discussions about tax cuts uh, are completely unrealistic because we are not funding government at the. Uh, 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 or I, I mean. Uh, Critical reason that uh, underscores why any of these discussions about tax cuts uh, are completely unrealistic because we are not funding government at the uh, level and our core education services at the level that Virginians expect us to. Yeah, he's, of course, talking about the JLARC report that actually says Virginia is only about four percentage points behind the rest of the southern states, uh, I guess, including Alabama. Uh, that may or may not increase now that they don't have to pay Nick Saban's salary there. Uh, Charles writes in Virginia education looks like 25% of Virginia students are voting with their feet anyway against this hot mess the teachers union is serving up um and this is going this is a story from April 
that said 25% uh, chronic absenteeism in a quarter of the state's school divisions. No, it's not uh, absolutely. We've been seeing that, and they still haven't quite addressed that. Then um, Ray writes in, government a better steward? Nobody believes that, even Democrats. If they did, they would be making their charitable contributions to the government. No, 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 no. you see, you don't have to give, you don't have to make charitable contributions to the government. Uh, you elect Democrats, and then they take your tax money and spend it like a charitable contribution. I, I mentioned you know, Virginia's issues getting out of our own way, and whoever is going to try to be governor in a year and a half He's got to get 2.2 million votes. Donald Trump got 2.2 million Virginians to vote for them, and I don't see a Virginia Republican right now that's got the guts to do it. Uh, and I mentioned Winsome Sears. Half the Republicans I know won't vote for Winsome Sears because she has been critical of Donald Trump. So, I mean, I bless her for her honesty. She's not afraid of saying you know, what she needs to say uh, to be critical of the former president, of maybe the next president. But you're not going to get 2.2. And remember, Donald Trump got more Virginians to vote for him than Glenn Youngkin did. Yes, he lost that particular election in 2022, in 2020 to Joe Biden in Virginia. But he had 2.2 million Virginians vote for him. Only 2.1 voted for Glenn Youngkin. Now, whether or not Zucker bucks paid to drag all those other Democrat voters out to vote for Joe Biden that had no interest or weren't paid enough to vote for Terry McAuliffe. That's that's up to you. Joining us now from the Virginia Institute for Public Policy, though, to get into some of this issue uh, regarding you know what's coming up in the General Assembly. And we're going to kick off with one of the controversial ones. He is the great Caleb Taylor our policy director at the Virginia Institute for Public Policy. Caleb, one of the, the key issues is this tax cut that, you know, Scott Serville's like, no, the government isn't getting enough of its money. I mean, uh, the, for the schools. <clears throat> so Uncle Fester is against uh, the, the the tax cuts. Everyone else says the Demo- every Democrat's just going to vote in lockstep against the uh, tax cuts. And even some Republicans are like, well, but you're going to raise the sales tax. Take us into this debate between income tax versus sales tax, because last time I checked, I don't have to buy something, so therefore I don't have to pay sales tax on everything. Well, yeah, the uh, um, uh it's been many years that we've been talking about flipping the mixture income tax to sales tax. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot more than just income tax kind of uh, in the space, but um, those two are are kind of a big deal because they have fundamentally different effects on the economy. Um, uh, the income tax uh, can be very cooling to people's budgets, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially uh, when we when we fold in uh, the business income tax, stuff like that, and uh, the sales tax, sales tax really isn't. Um, so uh, there's been a lot of conversation over the last several years about flipping that. Um, uh, I hate to say, I hate to sound like a millennial, but flipping that script um, and. Um, and uh, increasing the sales tax, decreasing the income tax, people are taking more money home, um, and the 
the effect of the sales tax just it just isn't as negative in terms of people's behavior and and, and mm-hmm. the way that people change their behavior um, with uh, uh, in terms of buying purchasing. Um, if the if the sales tax is absurd, yes, that's completely different. Mm-hmm. But you know, a percent here, a percent there, that's not that big of a deal in terms of uh, of uh, people's purchasing behavior. And, and uh, it's my belief also, Caleb, not to, you're smarter than I am on this, is that uh, it also encourages the govern, government to have, you know, a vibrant economy because the more stuff we're buying and, and, and exchanging and doing business commercially about uh, the better they do and uh, it's like balancing a budget tied to gdp hang on a second caleb taylor virginia institute.org uh producer of our weekend program uh freedom and prosperity radio the virginia education opportunity alliance uh as well as our election transparency initiative with ken cuccinelli all of that coming from the virginia institute for public policy yeah 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 yeah, I do a radio show for him, too, some, uh, on the weekends. Here for you always. Like when you found out Without Boundaries was your company marketing, not human resources policy. Seaville ah! 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Visiting with Caleb Taylor of the Virginia Institute for Public Policy, their policy director. Um, you know, I've used this expression before. I, I call the Virginia Institute for Public Policy a do tank. The world is full of think tanks. Um, Virginia Institute for uh, Public Policy is out there in about a dozen states right now with our election transparency initiative, uh, planting those. Uh, it's like a church. We're planting, we're planting uh, versions of our election transparency initiative that got us all these uh, registrars into uh, a lot of these offices. Uh, it's not a hundred percent yet. We got, we still have some registrars' offices to uh, to get right, but um, we've got a lot of election officials um, in there. Through the efforts of Lynn and and Ken Cuccinelli and the Election Transparency Initiative and Clarabelle Wheeler uh, here in Charlottesville, but talking about this, the the idea of tax uh, cuts in the way of income tax versus sales tax. The argument always was uh, Ben Franklin's you know line: if you want less of something, tax it. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case in sales tax, at least as you mentioned before, Caleb, unless they're egregious and out of control like our federal gas tax. Um, you know, is this, I, I guess, you know, it's about put, making sure people can take more money home. Gosh, oh man, we could all use that in the wake of like 20% in inflation, couldn't we? We really are in a, in a position right now where we need the economy to grow. We're in a very odd place in the market where uh, uh, I had, uh, if I remember correctly, I can't remember who said this, uh, this week, but somebody said something along the lines of, um, the market today is acting like a small child. Um, it is, when it found out that we were going to, uh, uh, have three interest rates hike this year, it demanded six. And, uh, um, <laughs> but then when it found out that that could be a possibility, it, it got really worried. <laughs> so, well, what do you mean you're um, give because me usually that many interest rate hikes indicate uh, indicate a recession. So, um, and then now with the jobs report that just recently came out, it's gone back to the the I at least what the market is expecting has gone back to three, and now they're ticked off that it's not six. So, like we see these, <laughs> we see this situation that we're kind of in right now, coming off the the hopefully the tail end of inflation uh, or or very high inflation. We're still in an inflationary period now in terms of core, but um, uh, and we need to see 
productivity for this to actually be the soft landing, quote-unquote, that they've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, every state in the nation, including Virginia and the United States federal government, is now starting to talk about tax re- uh, tax increases to pay for all the money that they have randomly spent. Right. Um, but uh, you know, isn't Virginia's example from the first year of uh, the Yunkin administration where all he was able to do were get some cursory tax cuts, but they were tax cuts, and, and the revenue continued to go up. Uh, the revenue. Right. I, I hate using that phrase, and I always catch myself. The headline writers call it that. The collections continued to go up in Richmond, even as the taxes were cut. It is proving what we've talked about for several decades. You cut taxes, and government collections seem to grow. Uh, that's correct. There is a there is a equation for this. Um, uh, and it is there's uh, there's this balance where mm-hmm. you get to a certain level, and, and I remember I think the I think the one that was most recently really talked a lot about is it, because the federal government was talking about increasing taxes on on people's investments. Right. Is is uh, how high do you get? How high can you get the taxes before people stop investing? Um, and the uh, um, or people stop investing at the same rate. You start seeing the investment rate decrease. Mm. Um, it's a, this is the same thing for work. It's, same, it's the same thing for uh, just business activity broadly. Uh, um, and uh, that's that's kind of what we're seeing uh, or what we're going to see if they do act on these uh, um, tax increases. The problem is is that one side of the equation, and I'm not I'm not talking necessarily. Democrats. I'm talking. There's a there's a group of people that are both Republicans and Democrats that want to see taxes go up to start kind of uh, uh, dealing with this. This is, I think, less of a serious issue in Virginia, mm-hmm. only because Virginia has run surpluses for years now, and uh, I think that probably the fact that those surpluses exist is going to make it much less likely for any for any additional taxes to kind of crop up very quickly, like this session, maybe maybe next session. Um, but at the same time, I have, uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that any efforts to reduce taxes to kind of put, the, put those surpluses back into the pockets of the average Virginia, I'm not sure that that's going to have a lot of legs either. Although, I'm definitely for it, and and uh, and I'm excited for those people that are working in that direction. Well, and and there are listeners of you know both political parties, and and there and just because somebody's got a political affiliation doesn't mean they can't see uh, the economic impact of this. Uh, Caleb Taylor is on with us. Uh, he is our policy director at the Virginia Institute for Public Policy, and we're only just scratching the financial end of what's coming in this uh, general assembly session. But you mentioned business taxes and uh, starting a small business myself over the last few weeks I realized how much it costs to hire someone and mm-hmm. when when we're talking about trying to get the economy healthy again people need 
work. People need to be able to find and, and pursue things that they're good at in ways that pay their bills. And, and the harder you make it for a small business owner to employ somebody, uh, there are only so many jobs at a Lego factory, Caleb. Uh, it, it, do you think that message, it seems like the governor has proposed some business taxes and they've been immediately demagogued as tax cuts for the rich again. You know, the 70s have called and want their uh, political rhetoric back. Um, we, what what do we need to be doing to on the phones and in the emails to our representatives to encourage them on that aspect? Well, I think the uh, there are a couple of different things. Uh, uh, part of it is is um, the taxation issues that we've already kind of discussed. Another part of it is going to be um, uh, removing restrictions on independent contractors. And I know the uh, Biden's the Biden administration has proposed new rules to make that more difficult. Um, uh, but uh, I'm not sure that those rules are going to stay in place for very long. Um, they don't seem they don't seem to be really taking into account you know people's freedom to work um and and make those choices on their own but uh we'll see we'll see as far as that's concerned as far as virginia is concerned you know there are a number of ideas out there some of them are really bad but there are some really good ones out there as well uh along the lines of things like uh, uh allowing portable benefits creating mm-hmm. portable benefit accounts uh like an like an hsa or a flex account or something that somebody takes along with them Sure. Um, so that they can work in the gig, gig economy or as a traditional independent contractor and still have a benefit package that they can have, that they, they essentially are in control of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've got some of that coming down the line this year in Virginia. Um, uh, and, and allowing people, you know, right now in the United States, I think we have 70, less than, less, somewhere in the realm of 70 million um, uh, independent contractors. I mean, this is obviously a way to work that a lot of people, a lot of people in the United States and a lot of people in Virginia appreciate. You know, they might, yes, they might make a little bit less for that work, and they benefits may be a more complicated issue. They have an immense amount of freedom to do the work the way that they want to do it. Um, I know a lot of independent contractors. I employ independent contractors. I've been an independent contractor. Um, and there are a lot of people that would just prefer it. Mm. Um, I have I have turned down normal, you know, traditional employment jobs in the past, uh, in the past decade, I've turned down several just to avoid having that kind of work freedom uh, taken from me, mm-hmm. mostly because my, you know, children are homeschooled and I like to hang out with them during the day and work at night. <laughs> um, and and so it, it, it's a it, it's this kind of space where the government, or at least not the government, but there are a number of uh, of parties um, that are, you know, having these conversations about about well, independent contractors are taken advantage of, and in I don't know a single independent contractor. I don't know quite a few of them mm-hmm. who are so dumb as to not understand the position that they're in. 
Yeah, that's a great point. You say, well, that's the, generally the politician's viewpoint is that you can't take care of yourself. Uh, even if you are smart enough to become an accountant, uh, somebody's just going to rip you off for your accounting services. Caleb Taylor, virginiainstitute.org. Uh, he will uh, be back with us this weekend for Freedom and Prosperity Radio. And we're going to spend uh, next weekend uh, digging apart the education stuff and Money Follows the Child's School Choice coming up. Uh, Live the- from the Gaslit Street of Central Virginia, Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV, AM and FM, Charlottesville.